Thank you for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier. We are calling this a radio podcast, a cool hybrid of talk radio and music. Real leaders, real talk, incredible stories. Thanks so much for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier. My name's Sam Collier, and I am here right now. Um, in a, I'm in a special moment. Um, I am with Christian Hip Hop. Grammy nominations, eight stellars, seven stellars? Four. <laughs> Should be seven. <laughs> we have any doves on Nominated for seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we got some doves or some nominations at Three least. Three dove noms, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure if there's a continent he hasn't been on. Maybe there is, I don't know about it. Um, but here's what we do know. I know that there are thousands of millennial Christians that have been shaped by his music mm. and by his belief. It is no secret that I was sharing with him that uh, I am a large part of who I am because of him. Mm. Uh, allowed me to come and, and shadow and serve mm. and watch and it shaped the essence of who I am. Mm. Um, ladies and gentlemen, the, duh, <laughs> truth is in the building. What's up, mm. man? What's up, bro? Such an honor What's to be up? here with you. Oh, man. God, it was mine. I'm trying to hold back tears. <laughs> <laughs> um, we kick off the show every time with the song. Throw to this uh, first song for us from your new album. This song right here is called Prologue, oh, which just means the beginning. Yeah. 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 We'll be back. Truth, where you been at? I've been minding my business. Focused on the family, recalibrating my interest Concerts are okay, but I'm working to make a difference Back on the ground with the people, pay close attention yeah. Been gone, working through fact and fiction Focused, I pulled away just to sharpen up my convictions yeah. Scratch the Grammys and Stellas off of my wish list Can honestly take it back, cause I'm back, I'm back in the trenches I got nominated for an award this year yeah. But I ain't even go, man, cause I ain't care yeah. Another golden glow, man, I'm just not there And I look at the album so, and it's just not fair Nah, I got enough already, besides what it all mean Right now it's just a distraction, accumulation of things More often I'm disenchanted Never deflating my dreams and I feel at a disadvantage Having more than I need, yeah I would be bordering greed, loitering more extremes Focused on fame and multiple streams Feeling disillusioned, look at the interest I'm losing Still got love for the ministry, hate what the system is doing Still got love for the craft, I gotta give for the music But before I hang up my cape, some time out in the future Yeah, I'ma restore order, pray the feeling is mutual Right now it is so much different than when we first introduced it, yeah See I ain't been quiet cause I'm retired, no Observing the times, minding the pot of gold Rehearsing my lines for the breakfast club Gearing up for swing in the morning to talk about how it goes Had dreams but never of being famous Simply tame it, many of us crave it Forgive me, been tainted, penny spent Way too many days trying to save it But I'm over trying to maintain it, yeah I ain't knocking nobody's hustle I just wanna go back to a time when it wasn't about the numbers yeah. I ain't knocking nobody's hustle. I just wanna go back to a time when it wasn't about the numbers, you did.
So, man, I think it was the CNN Center. Um, somebody from your team or you, I can't remember, called me and said, hey, man, just come shout out. And I don't know if you were doing that. You probably were. Like, you probably were in a season where you were just like, man, let me yeah. inspire as many young people as I yeah. can. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it's funny that, you know, for me, it's such a vivid memory, but you were doing with so many people that I'm sure you're like, oh, yeah. gosh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but just to think that your investment, just, hey, come, 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 was shaping so many souls. Yeah. And it was me, man. And I remember walking down the hall at the Omni. You know, mm -hmm. the Omni kind of connects. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Trip Lee, before he was Trip Lee, was there. Yeah. I mean, his name was Trip Lee, but nobody really knew him. He's like, yeah. I got a new CD, man. He gave me a CD. Yeah. And like, he, you could just tell he was um, being inspired by you as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were so many different leaders mm -hmm. that are now leaders yeah. few, that weren't then that were just around you. Yeah. And I remember walking down that hall, walking into this huge space. It was thousands of kids and thousands of leaders. Um, and then I remember being invited to your video shoot, man. And then that video going viral with Ty Trip. I mean, it was yeah, just, yeah. Um, you were, you are like, you were at an apex. Yeah. Like your name was everywhere. Everybody wanted to be around you, man. And yeah. um, again, you've been all around the world. Yeah. You've done some incredible things. Uh, Kirk Franklin is, we see y'all together all the time. Still. Right. Yeah. <laughs> y'all got records together. Yeah. Um, if, if you love Christian music, you know who you are. Right. Um, you've reached millions, mm -hmm. but we know it didn't start where mm -hmm. you are now. Right. <laughs> we say around here that when your story connects to God's story, mm -hmm. it leads to a greater story. That's right. So we try to have people on the show that are living in their greater story, yeah. and that's you. Take us from little truth yeah. <laughs> up to where you are now. Little right? truth, little truth didn't even want the Bible. <laughs> little truth would run from Bible studies. <laughs> what do you do? No, you would, yeah. Wow. So my parents were, uh, they used to host Bible studies at the house. Yeah. I remember, and I remember this vividly actually, just being five years old yeah. and like not knowing that everybody was there for Bible study yeah. and like just running down the stairs with my He-Man toys <laughs> and then seeing what was going on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Finding the, finding the nearest exit. Right, right, I'm out, I can't, thank you, right. <laughs> um, so with that, I was raised in church. Um, wow, tender age of, Five, I uh, came yeah. to faith, yeah. um, and I was uh, aware of what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there was a lot that I didn't understand, but the basics of fundamental Christian thought I did, you mm -hmm. know, as a result of growing up in a Christian environment and where my parents were really intentional about exposing me to spiritual things. Yeah. We used to have to um, have um, Bible verses that we memorized and recite it at yeah. the dinner table every night. <laughs> so needless to say, I was like cramming every night before because I had like this thing of like indexed like cars just with Bible verses. Yeah, so yeah. I would cram every night right before dinner. <laughs> Sometimes I would come down with Jesus wet, you know, like I just needed something. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> but um, between that and, you know, we used to, I used to have these cassette tapes with all of the kind of, you know, popular biblical narratives, Daniel and the lion's wow. den, and yeah. Wow. And, but I, those I used to listen to regularly just because they were fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. You know, as a kid, your imagination is running wild. And you hear about Jonah and this huge fish swallowing him up and the Hebrew boys in the fire and, yes. you know, being not, but not being consumed or yes. burning bush or, you know, just all of these kind of, amazing fantastic yes. stories stuff that 
you know, this can't, this is the, this is fiction, mm-hmm. you know, this, I only find this in fictional. And so um, I was intrigued even right. at the age of five and six years old by yeah. these stories. Yeah. So these are all the things that God kind of used my parents to keep in front of me. Yeah. You know, we, I didn't celebrate, I wasn't allowed to celebrate Halloween, so we did Hallelujah mm-hmm. Night. And I dressed up as Lazarus, <laughs> and dressing up as Lazarus was just throw a white sheet on me and some powder on my face. <laughs> <laughs> you did. <laughs> and bob for apples, but, right. but the point was, my you point did. is that, <laughs> you did. But the point is that God used my parents um, to play an integral role in the shaping of my Christian faith. And mm. so I came to faith at a really young age. So from the age of five to 14, I really struggled. And I tell people that my struggle was between being liked versus being a light, mm. you know? Wow. Um, you know, I was dealing with a lot of social pressures, you know, obviously I'm a kid and I want to fit in and yeah. <laughs> I'm impressionable and I want certain people to like me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I have to wrestle with the mandate um, of Christ, yeah, you know, and the pressures of yeah. my classmates. And you, you would know? try to be in the world a little bit, right? No, yes. Yeah, well, you know, I, well, I, you know, I, tr- you know, I tried to do what everybody else did. You yeah. know, I tried a little bit of bullying, and then I tried a little bit of like cursing. Right. I tried, I'd be like, "F you," you know, and like. <laughs> but every time I did that, I knew that I was a believer even at a young age. Wow. Because I would feel it, like I could never do it comfortably. Mm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I sensed the hand of God on my life, even at five and six years old, Mm. when I was trying to fit in. When I turned 14, um, I had resolved to really start to, um, to to really begin to commit my life to the Lord. Mm. That was at 14 years old. And what happened was I was actually provoked to some sort of, God did this though, some, I was provoked to some sort of righteous jealousy Right. <laughs> because I walked in class one day, my first, actually, I was 14 in the ninth grade. I was really young and uh, 35 people in the class. I felt like I was the last one walking in and, you know, everybody's doing everything, you know, they're talking and laughing, you know, there's that sense of the first day, everybody's got on their best and, yeah. you know, looking around, trying to fill each other yeah. out. Some people knew each other. And I walked in and I saw this young man, his name was Ronald Wooden. And I didn't know him at this point. And he was the only one in there out of 35 people in a class who was reading the Bible. And I was like, what is this? How old, how old were you again? I was 14. Wow. I was 14. And I said, well, well what manner of commitment is this? <laughs> like, I never see this. You know? Yeah. A lot of times young people don't see other young people yeah. that really have a commitment to the Lord. That's right. So That's right. When, I, had, I didn't even say anything. I walked past him, saw him reading his Bible. I ran home that day after school and I said, Dad, I want to start reading the Bible. Like it did something in me oh that made me feel like, you know, I'm a Christian. I can do that. Like, I don't know what that was. It was a weird kind of like, what am I missing out on? <laughs> yeah, like it was right. a competition. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> I went home. I was like, Dad, what do I start? So my dad said, start reading a chapter of Proverbs every day. There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, typically 30 to 31 days in each month. Start reading a chapter a day. Mm. And I started reading Proverbs 1. And then Proverbs 1 wasn't enough once I started. Then Proverbs 2. Then that wasn't enough. Then 3. Then that wasn't enough. Got to the point where I was literally locking myself in the room nine hours a day. God had created this insatiable appetite for the scriptures and prayer in me. Wow. That, you know, it, it was really uncanny, you know. So my dad thought I was crazy, though. My dad was, <laughs> I was like, what like, are you doing? a monk? What's going on with him? <laughs> so um, 
that was 14, 16, is, and then 16 is when, from 14 to 16, I started really engaging with people about my faith. Mm. Like, I started really, like, talking to people about the Lord. It was immediate. Evangelism. Though. Yeah, right off the bat. It was wow. immediate. Like, started reading my word and started wanting to talk to people about the Bible. Mm. And um, by the time I turned 16, uh, at the, all this time I was a musician, but I wasn't an artist. So I was a musician. When I turned 16, I, I started rapping. But the thing about rapping was it was my the least preferred genre of music in my for me. I didn't like hip hop at all. Really? Oh no, not at all. I thought it was depressing. That's how I felt about hip hop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, when you say musician, piano? So, no, no. I played drums and percussion. Okay. So okay. that's what I thought I was going to do for a living. Right. Yeah. Right. Like my dream was, Lord, I want to travel the world and never have to pay for it. Like that was my prayer <laughs> when I was ten. Seriously, because I, <laughs> but I was envisioning myself like, yeah, like playing. playing all over the world. You know, my yeah, I had a partial scholarship to University of the Arts, and like it was real for me. Yeah. You were a real musician. Yeah, you're a real musician. Yeah. So yeah, hip hop yeah. was not something you wanted to do. No, no, not okay. at all. Okay. So the that that's what's interesting about what I'm doing now and what I've been doing for the past twenty plus years is. I did not like hip hop because mm. the era of hip hop that that I started kind of listening in was when there was a lot of jazz samples, mm. and I was like, "This is the saddest music on earth." <laughs> like, <laughs> I always felt depressed after hip hop, right, and right. the music videos are black and white. All of them were black and white. <laughs> so I was, like, I, was this is whack. I was good on it, <laughs> and. Um, but one day, a friend of mine and I, we were in my basement and we were like just messing around. We were actually making fun of some Christian rappers mm. because at this time, Christian rap was just starting. And it was whack. Yeah, it was horrible. It was and we were like in the basement, like, ah, like, <laughs> making, fun of, like making fun of Christian rap. We was like, they be like, they be like. <laughs> and then we was like rapping like they. But while I was rapping, I was in the back of my mind, I was like, you don't sound half bad. <laughs> Like my tone, like right, right, my, right. Like the words were coming, coming together That's for right. me. That's right. My first few lyrics, I'll never forget it. Was I diggity did what David did when he dissed the devil? Hey. Like bam, bam, like pebbles. I dig holes with shovels. Hey. That was my very, that was my very first, <laughs> my very first three lines. And wow. um, my friend left that night. And as um, soon as he left, I was like, let me try to write something. Just see what come out. Let me just yeah, see what come yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, when he, he got home, he lived about three blocks away from me. He got home <laughs> and I called him. I was like, yo, I just wrote my first Christian rap. He was like, yo, me too. Let's start a group. <laughs> <laughs> just like that, we started a group. Man. What? That was when I was 16, and kind of the rest is kind of history. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so I know people want to know, like, there are people listening in that grew up on you that love you. Yeah. How did you go from that to being all around the world, man? I didn't try the all around the world thing because you figure when we started, there was no industry for what we're doing now. Mm. I talk about this on the latest album. That's right. Yeah. Vet. You're on Vet, yeah. Uh, there was no industry for it. The church thought that we were too carnal. The world thought that we were too corny. There was no space for us to really occupy except for the mission field. Mm. So when we started, um, we kind of saw, not kind of, we only saw <laughs> this as a missional tool mm. to engage with an unreached people group because mm. that's what missions is essentially right, right we travel abroad to connect with unreached people groups Come on. 
But what a lot of people had didn't consider at this point was the unreached people group that were right under our nose, hip hop and pop culture. Yeah. They were unreached. <laughs> mm. And so we saw this as a prime opportunity to really engage with them. That's right. And so that's what we did. We used our craft on street corners. We used our craft the you know, in ciphers around the lunchroom yes. table where everybody's rapping and freestyling about guns and girls and cars. We jump in with our Jesus rap. And I mean, it'd be like, and like, I'm serious, like my body would be hot right before I started. <laughs> just because there were so right. many, so many, but I felt oh compelled. Mm. It was like, you know, fire shut up in my bones. Like I wanted people to hear this alternative to everything else that they had just heard mm. for the past 45 minutes to an hour. Um, but I ended up being highly respected, even in high school. They go to church boy. They go to Jesus rapper. They go to, but I was highly respected. So wow. it was just interesting to see God, just how God was using it. Even when we traveled abroad, I went with cross movement to London. They took me to London mm. and, um, well, everywhere. They took me to Scotland, London in 1999. I was like, I'm a world traveler, you know, <laughs> but you know, when we got out there, we did, we went to Brixton. We set up microphone and speakers outside what brixton is like an outdoor kind of you know where the all the heavy traffic is you yeah, know yeah and yeah. um just people would just rally and we just would give the gospel just open, open air preaching so for us when we first started there there was no industry for us you know there were no grammy awards or stellars or you know itunes or right. you know there was no way no metric to like <laughs> say right, oh you're hot it. you're winning yeah, you're yeah yeah it was very much an underground thing and um so for 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 me man i think that the beauty of it though was that there was a sense of purity about it mm. because we didn't have all of those external distractions uh we didn't have a lot of the things that we have now that are competing for our affections mm. and competing for our allegiance as christian artists yeah um so there was something about that that time that was really good for us because it allowed for us to kind of dig our you know roots, roots yeah. really deep so that once all this came you know we were planted you know mm. uh, by god's grace and so it wasn't on purpose that's what i'm saying that to say you know when we got in this we got in it just to reach the unreached people group wow. <laughs> to be missional and yeah. over time you know as god would have it by his grace and his sovereign will he saw to it that people really took to it you know and again initially people took to it for what it was mm -hmm. like come to our church because our youth really need you <laughs> you, you see what i mean <laughs> it's like we have nothing to compete with Lil wayne you, you see what i'm saying <laughs> they need you you yeah. see what i mean yeah and i think there was just something about our you know uh, when i say our i mean myself the cross movement uh, and others during that time that was really attractive you know there was this this sense of i mean just for the people from the people's vantage point there was there was this sense of resolve you yeah. know strong convictions yeah um you know we were we were who we were you know and we were uncompromising in that and that i think made attracted wow. a lot of different people to us and um over time it just grew organically we didn't try because there was nothing to try with. There was no industry to leverage, mm. you know, before publicists, before management, before it was just, we just out here, out here being faithful and we found out that the Bible's true and that if you're faithful over a few things, God mm. tends to make you ruler over many. 
Um, and so even now it's tough, uh, having been in this for 20 years plus, because we have to toggle between trusting that the same God that took our two fish and five loaves then and made much of it is the same God that could take our two fish and five loaves now without all the stuff. See, that's mm. the thing. Back then, we didn't have anything. So it was like, wow. all we had was God to elevate us if it wow. was going to be anything more wow. than what it was. Wow. Right. Now it's a lot more stuff. Yeah. Do we trust that God is the same? Or do we feel like we have to do it? <laughs> or do we feel like we have to do it? Make the formula song, partner with the right artist, it, you know, the, you know, collaborate with the artist. And honestly, there's obviously validity to that. Sure. But I mean, when you get to a place where you put the weight of your confidence on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where now the, the tension lies is where, yeah. sh- where does, should the, com- where should our confidence be? What was the moment you knew ev- everything changed? It's like, like that Something's real different. pivotal shift. Yeah. I would say TBN with Kurt Franklin. Wow. Everything up to that point, God had used cross movement in a really significant way to kind of shine a light on me. That was God's grace for sure. Yeah. And then, um, but that TBN moment with Kirk, that basically catapulted me into a completely different stratosphere. And that's what I'm saying. That's what's interesting to me now. It's like, I can literally only have a few moments like this. The cross movement, God used that season to catapult me to a certain space. Kirk, God used that season to catapult me into another space. And then Ravi, God used that season <laughs> to cat. Like just when you think, yeah. I never thought it was over, but just when you start to feel like this is drying up over here, mm-hmm. Then God used Ravi and that catapulted me again into another space. But that's what I mean. It's like, that's just faithfulness and secret. I think Mm. like, I I think a lot of my career is built on the success of my career is built on faithfulness and secret just to see like God's still doing that thing now that he was, that he did then Mm. without my assistance. (laughs) I think we should do our due diligence for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you know, I'm a hard worker. (laughs) Of course. You're here. (laughs) I work hard. So I think we should all do our due diligence, but I've just seen God take that faithfulness behind closed doors Mm. and like really openly reward me. Yeah. It's been amazing. So we got this new album. It's amazing. It did, right? thank you. <laughs> it's called Vet. I feel like, is that short for veteran? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I figured. Um, yeah. It's incredible. Oh, thank you, bro. Um, again, I told you, I listened to the first song. It's got to be at least 200 times now on plane rides back to back. I told you that's back, insane to, to me. <laughs> that's what's insane. It's not just you. That's like, what video should I shoot for? Yeah. That's what I posted yesterday. <laughs> Prologue, 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 prologue. The intro. Yeah. uh, Listen, listen. You, you. We haven't had another album from you in how long's been? Almost three years. Where'd you go? Yeah. (laughs) Truth. Where you been at? Right. (laughs) Truth. Where you been at? Um, And 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 what does this album mean to you now? Take us through that journey, man. This album means a whole lot to me, man. I think uh, I've been working, obviously, over the past three years. Yeah. Um, I've been doing a lot of thinking, Mm. growing, evolving. I think you can kind of hear that on the album. Mm -hmm. I went through a bit of a musical evolution, Mm. um, created a record that um, I didn't feel like should be my next. 
Mm. Um, and so kind of tabled it, like spent a year and a half working on it, tabled that one, and then started over with what we have now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been recording and, and working. Part of the reason why I didn't feel like it was the It album is because of the space and the stage of life that I'm in. Mm. Um, I understand like what space I occupy in my genre and in music and in hip hop in general. Um, I say I tell people I'm a cross between a millennial and an OG. Right. I'm a few <laughs> years removed from millennial. <laughs> I'm a cross between a millennial, but I think I'm the oldest. Yeah. In my genre, mm. you know, um, and so. I fully embrace that, though. A lot of artists struggle with age, getting older in their genres. Wow. Um, whether it's Hollywood or music, which is why, they, you know, in Hollywood, they Botox and <laughs> do Because <all laughs> it's that struggle with, you know, with age. That's yeah. just something, you know, that we wrestle with in our culture. Mm-hmm. We are an ageist culture, mm-hmm. you know. There's a kind of a prejudice in some senses against aging, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, we need gray hair. <laughs> but we don't but we die it when it starts turning yeah you see what I mean yeah but we need the seasoned veterans you know mm-hmm. like we need that we I need I need the older generation to actually be older mm. <laughs> like I need them to be older so I can learn I need them to be 65 <laughs> I really need you to be 60 so I can grow <laughs> I can't grow if you're 45 and like if you're <laughs> you feel what I'm saying <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's um, funny because I don't think about you as old. No, and I don't think myself as old either. Yeah, but I'm yeah. just saying that I'm the oldest yeah. in my space. Yep. Yeah, you yep. follow me? Yep. Yep. Um, but I think that Jay-Z actually set the bar, set the precedent for hip-hop because hip-hop has always historically yeah. been a young man's yeah. sport. that 444. And that 444, and just the way he's aged, I think he's pushing 50 now. He's 48, mm-hmm. 49, something like that. Mm-hmm. He might be 50, who knows, you know, he's been a mystery for as right. long as he's been. <laughs> he's still packing out arenas, though, oh, yeah, man. It's arenas. Like, oh, it's gosh. beautiful. It's beautiful. Like, yeah. 50 said, we needed Jay to win. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And when he has. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think he has also set, a, set the bar for artists that are getting older in this particular genre that historically has been young. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, 18 something. It was teenager. It was teeny. It was like tweeny and teenagey at one point. Then it started getting a little older, going into the young adult 20s. And now we're pushing, moving into our 50s. Wow. But I tell people, one of my hashtags, whenever I post something, is Truth Springsteen. Because Bruce Springsteen <laughs> is one of my guys. Yeah. Right? yeah. But I loved how he aged. Gracefully. You know, he aged so gracefully. Yeah. Like, and still killing. Like, yeah. still killing shows. Still. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so with the record that I had, I realized, you know, this is not it for the stage of life that, I, that I'm in. Mm. I wanted to create something that was really consistent with this space that I'm in, that spoke to a generation that's adulting. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to, sonically, I wanted to, I wanted it to feel to in that, that space. Way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I tabled that first record and, you know, we created, I created this one with some brilliant minds around me, Greg Cox and KJ Scriven. And, you know, we brought it all together. I, I feel like this is one of the albums that I've been most proud of, mm. like that I feel good about. Like, yeah. I personally feel like, God, like this is really like, so veteran is, um, it's just, it speaks to that. It's just taking ownership yeah. of that space. I understand what space I occupy that I'm the, 
that I'm the LeBron James to the Lakers. Yeah. You, you see what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I'm the mature voice in the locker room. Mm -hmm. You know, I understand I who I am and I understand what role and what space I need to be occupying right now. And I completely own it. And so vet is just short for base, basically veteran leader. Hmm. You know, I understand that. And I'm, I love it. Listen, um, what's interesting to me is even though the album is called Veteran, um, which would, I guess, lean towards or cause some people to think older, you know, because you hear Veteran, you think older. Yeah, sure. Um, this, the music doesn't sound old. Not at all. Which has been interesting to me because yeah. you've been in the game, what, 20 years? 20? Yeah. It seems like you yeah. have your sound yeah. evolves <laughs> yes. with every generation. I'm just like, how was he doing yeah. this? And I would tell you what was even more impressive to me was mm. how amazing and rich the music was. Mm. Cause it don't it doesn't sound like a hip hop yeah. Christian hip hop record. Yeah. It sounds like I'm listening to like common yeah. uh in a younger version mm. with professional instruments and it's yeah, like you know yeah. how what was like talk to us about the sonic well number uh, one again I, I think that part of part of the way that you kind of continue to evolve yeah. uh no matter who you are what arena you're in is to surround yourself with the right people mm -hmm. um so for me kj and greg were just and that was the, god providentially put us together at the perfect mm -hmm. time. We just talked and talked and talked. It's interesting, so much of musical production is produced before anybody touches an instrument. Mm -hmm. A lot of musical production starts with the conversation. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? So having those conversations is where the inspiration is. Mm -hmm. it, it's where the direction is. Okay, where are we going? What do we want to accomplish? You know, a lot of people don't understand that's what goes into it. We're not just getting in there just like, all right, give me a hot beat. Uh, right. I mean, some people do that. Right. Somebody said, just give me a hot beat. Yeah. You know, but like I said, for where I am. And y'all are composing. I'm, we're composing. Mm. We're composing. And um, I think because all of us are also musicians, mm -hmm. you know, I, that musician side of me is, you know, you really can feel it in this record. Big oh, Picture was yes. one of the albums that I feel like you can really sense that connection. And this is another one I feel like you can really sense that, you know, the integration or where my hip-hopness mm -hmm. and my musicianship kind of intersect. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so God has a way of um, just kind of taking, you never know like how it's all going to come together. Yeah. You know, I would have never known that when I was in Estaboya College of Music at Temple University, mm. studying independently, doing paradiddles in a music room, mm. that that would translate into my 10th album. <laughs> <laughs> As a hip hop wow. artist, you see what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just surrounding myself with the right people, the right minds, guys who get it. Like, this is where you need to go. Like they were telling me, no, this is where you need to go next. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's good though, but let's, yeah, let's, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the phone like, okay. <laughs> Listen, they were right. They were right. They, they were right. right. They it were right. It is a special record. Yeah. Um, what is, what do you want people to walk away with, man, from this record? What's your hope for it? I think a couple of things. I think people, I think in part, I want people to, on one of my songs I say, I want to grow the genre up. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in some senses, we do ourselves a disservice as artists 
particularly Christian artists, we really struggle with this. Mainstream artists do it too, but they just don't struggle with it. <laughs> like, it's just, it is what it is. Right. <laughs> but Christian artists, we struggle with trends heavy. Hmm. Like, what's trendy? What's hot? And we do what's hot and we do what works. And a lot of times that keeps us from doing anything fresh. Mm. You see what I mean? Mm. So it's a lot of hot Christian music out there. You see what I'm saying? But there's not a lot of fresh sounds. Mm -hmm. I'm inspired to move, you know, to, hey, I'm inspired in that way. Right. I'm not inspired right. to create. Mm. And as an artist, I listen to this album inspired again. Mm. Like I'm like, okay, this inspired me to create more of the same. Wow. Not in a redundant way, but whatever the psyche was, the spirit, the soul that inspired this work, I want that to continue to inspire future works. But I also wanted to inspire other artists out there. And that's what I'm getting a lot of from artists like, oh, I'm inspired. That's what I want to do. That's what I should be doing at this stage of my career. Hmm. I should be establishing precedents and setting the template. This is the, uh, when you're 10 albums in, this is the, I have no one to impress. <laughs> I'm not trying to like be the hottest rapper. My goal is not to be the hottest, you know, like kill him with bars. Like, right, right, That's right. over. I'm, yeah, I'm past yeah, that, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point, yeah. I'm just looking to inspire, to motivate. I'm not trying to impress you. I'm really trying to, I'm trying to inspire you as an artist. Mm. So from a creative standpoint, I think I want that to be the takeaway. And then I think, you know, anything else, like from a ministry standpoint or just perspective, when you listen to an older artist album, and when I say older, I'm not saying I'm old. Right. Just. I've yeah, been in it for a while. Been in it for, seasoned. Seasoned, yes. <laughs> when you listen to a seasoned artist's album, mm -hmm. especially hip hop, you're not looking for bars as much. Mm. You're looking for perspective. Mm -hmm. That's what 444 was. Yep. Woo. It was perspective. It was. It was okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, oh, shoot. Right. He's, he's evolved. Yeah. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Yep. And I'm not just like trying to be that either. But I sent, I relate, I can identify with that because I'm, because I feel like I'm close to that in my own respects. Hmm. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just in terms of my position. That's right. So what, should my voice be used to do right now? I think that what the audience is looking for, they're getting from me. I loved it. Throw us to a song. Uh, what should that, I do? That kind of helps us. It may be the last song. Epilogue, that's everybody, one of everybody's favorite. <laughs> the prologue and the epilogue. Epilogue, prologue, <laughs> epilogue. This song is called Epilogue. And I love this song because it's just, a, it's a reminder to be content. Yeah. Um, not to be complacent, but to yeah. be content. What God has for you, it's for you. Yeah. We'll be back. Yeah. Forgot this part of my story. Went through a great depression. Yeah. I'm talking extreme highs and lows. A lot of IG followers. That ain't what make you special. Nah. Posted up with designer clothes. A lot of people take their life because they can't take the pressure. Yeah. Hot and behind the talent most. People don't really feel you if you ain't successful. Boy. If you never reach your desired goals. Vicious cycles, ambition, these are interesting days It's hard not to compete in a digital age Faces buried in our phones like invisible graves Pictures taken, there's no honor and minimum wage Dang. I remember my 9 to 5 You could do both, have a job and kill it on Spotify Never compromise, you can only dot your eyes Just be who you're supposed to be, that's how you honor God Yeah. Whatever's meant to be, is to be 
What I do, it's not who I am Same human that mama saw on the sonogram And because of the image that I've been made in I would still be amazing Waiting tables, washing pots and pans The Joneses boy are so hard to keep up Slow down when you riding on speed bumps I can still hear the wisdom of my father like Don't let talent take you a character can't keep you Yeah, I guess it's time that we racing against Uninterrupted success is one of the greatest threats It's hard to stay faithful to God when you keep winning Every time God bless you, boy, you taking a risk Stay humble, young lion, stay high. There's a hyena inside of you that should hate pride Don't hit the button when your number's taking the stage dive Relax, your steps are ordered by a great God, yeah Whatever's meant to be, is to be Whatever God has for me, it's just for me And then I find my treasure Find my pleasure I feel so breathless There's nothing this world can offer now Loved and hated, praised and underrated Through feast and famine, my status has been debated The least advantaged, some would say that I made it Since I reached a status, humbled by the creator So I never changed, boy I'm still on my P's and Q's When they try to get me to compromise I tell them N-O, boy cause I'm on my P's and Q's yeah. And I'm just not that kind of guy yeah. If it's for me, then it is for me Yeah, I guess that's Captain Obvious yeah. I use the music to set the people free yeah. That's why I like a captive audience yeah. I'm just trying to get you across Build you a bridge cause the applause is so paper thin Top to bottom, ball and the broke, I seen it all yeah. And I'm learning to be content, boy Whatever's meant to be yeah. Is to be Is to be Whatever God has for me Whatever God has for me Just for me Yeah, just for me And then I find my treasure Why would I try to be something? I find my pleasure I was never meant to be I feel so breathless To get something There's nothing this world can offer now I was never meant to have So let's talk content for a second. <laughs> um, you're a Christian rapper. You're in the genre. Um, you feel, I'm going to kind of paint the landscape for a second. You feel a, uh, a, a desire to create positive songs. Sure. That hopefully, well, for, that have a dual 
I guess a dual role. One being um, a song that as a believer, I can go, man, you know, I heard my Marvin Winans, you know, I had my Hill song, and I just kind of want to ride. But I don't want to really have a whole bunch of cursing in my ears. I just kind of want to, I want to have fun. Sure. You know, I just want to yeah. jam. But it's not crazy, I just want to. Sure. So there's a that. Then you also feel a pull to go, man, what if there are some people that don't listen to Christian hip hop, but can get with the Christian values in a song that hopefully can become a bridge. Um, they're still figuring it out. So it's this space in between church and culture yeah. that doesn't necessarily go against the scriptures. Sure. But it's not super Jesus, 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 yeah, Jesus, of course. Jesus. What do you say? Well, I think we need all of it, for one. Mm. Um, I think all of it's important. I think when you read the scriptures, you know, we see that, you know, the name of God is not mentioned once in the book of Esther. Mm. You know. What a statement. Yeah. <laughs> what a statement. But the fingerprint of God is all over it. Mm. You know, um, same with the book of Proverbs. Many of the wisdom, a lot of the li wisdom literature is that way. Mm -hmm. Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, etc. That helps us to kind of get a sense of the heart of God as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so with that, you know, I think that it, all of it's necessary. Like you said earlier, maybe what an Andy will do or what a 1K few or whomever will do, um, or Tori Kelly will do. Shout out. You know, shout out to Kurt. I love Tori <laughs> Kelly. Yeah. Um, you know, th all of that's important. You know, for Tori Kelly to get a deal on the Grammys and sing with a Muppet is important. Mm. <laughs> I think that's, that's it's good, mm -hmm. you know? It's within the pale of what still brings glory to God. That's really, I think that should always be the, um, like the gauge, right? Mm -hmm. uh, now that is what's most important. So I think we always have to think big picture as believers. In other words, before I get to my music, right? This is why I think principle is so important. Before mm -hmm. we get to the music, or before I get to the workplace, mm -hmm. or before I get to anything else, or before I get to my blackness even, which we'll get mm -hmm. to. Bef mm -hmm. Before I get to all of that, there's, some, there's a, a meta-narrative, as you talked about earlier. There's a higher good. There's something, there's a higher standard that we all have to kind of use as a metric to gauge whether or not our decision is right or wrong, healthy or unhealthy. You see what I'm saying? Will help people or not. And so with that, so for us, it's the glory of God. Will this, does this bring glory to the Lord Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. We have to start with, in order to get there, I think you have to start with, before I'm a Christian artist, I am a Christian. Mm-hmm. Like before I am anything else, I am a Christian. It takes primacy over everything else. You see, mm -hmm. if I am a Christian, I am naturally guided by certain values, principles, doctrines, teachings. I maintain certain convictions, etc. You follow me, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? That's what grounds me. So anything I do has to be shaped by my Christian values first. Yes. Right, because I'm Christian first. Yes. My Christianity comes to bear on anything I do. Yes. You see what I mean? So yes. it, even if you're an attorney, right, if you're an attorney or if you're a janitor, my Christianity has to come to bear on how I do what I do. Mm -hmm. There's a certain ethic if I'm an attorney. There are certain ethics in that world that you could live by, right? <laughs> but 
which is the reason why, you know, many people think attorneys are corrupt, right? Because <laughs> there's a certain ethic that yeah. many attorneys live by that are not, <laughs> right? <laughs> but as a Christian, you go in with, but I'm Christian first. So there's a level of integrity that I have to operate with. Mm. All right. So when it comes to the arts, I think that when you allow your Christianity to shape your artistry, my Christianity, not Christian artists, not any, to shape my artistry, that means that there that the values of my Christianity, the moment that they clash with the values of the culture, I throw the culture overboard. Ooh. So how do I determine what I can say, what my content should be? Do the values of what of the either the culture or wherever you get it from, do they clash with the fundamental core values of your Christianity? Mm. So for example, if I get in a song, which a lot of Christian artists are doing today, they're low-key bragging. Like there's this bragging thing that's going on with a lot of Christian artists today. And their music, you follow me? Mm-hmm. Well, as a Christian, we have issues there. Let another man praise you not of your own mouth, a stranger not of your own lips, is mm-hmm. what the Bible says. It says, let not the wise boast in their wisdom or the strong boast in their strength or the rich boast in their riches. If any man boast in anything, let him boast in this, that he knows and understands the Lord who executes righteousness, judgment and love and kindness for this is the something of God, whatever that is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really think we care about that. This is the heart of God. That's the idea. (laughs) You got it. Right. This is the heart of God. (laughs) Right. You see. All, let no flesh boast in the presence of God. You see, so what happens is these are my Christian values. <laughs> you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't get to throw my Christianity overboard. Mm. You, you see, my Christianity, it has nothing to do with art. You follow me, you're trucking mm-hmm. with me. And I think that if we take that line of reasoning and use it across yeah. the board, it would help us tremendously mm. in having this conversation. Of course you could bring glory to God talking about, you know, Social club, par- pizza parties, have a blast. We need that. We need all of it. Have fun. Make skate music. Make. Does what I'm saying or what I'm doing or how I present myself clash with the fundamental core values of the, the Christian faith? Does what I'm saying bring or detract? Does it render or detract from the glory of God? That's a starting point. Mm. Does my Christianity come to bear the values of my Christianity, core Christian convictions come to bear on what I'm saying. If it does, a lot of those questions would actually be answered. Mm. All right, I need to drill down a little bit on that. Okay, (laughs) let's go. (laughs) I love it because I think it's helping a lot of people. Yeah. Um, It's a, you know, I used to say rhema word. Some people would say, it's a word from God. It's I feel it's present in this moment. Yeah. Um, And there is no, like it's leadership, teaching, how do we, I was actually talking to the track stars about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so let's talk about the methodology of that. Sure. We got the, yeah, yeah, philosophy. the philosophy of it. Yeah. On your record, you have a moment where sure. you quote unquote brag. <laughs> yes. And then at the end of it, you go, people will say I'm bragging. Yes. But I'm just informing. Yes. <laughs> talk to us about that method. Because there are people going, I, I know people are listening. Like, well, Truth <laughs> said he was, and he would all. And it's yeah. like, well, but at the same time, yeah. like I walked away from that going, <laughs> nice. You know right. what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> How do you do it? 
Well, yeah, I do think it's a thin line for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I wrestled through that entire song. Wow. With how much to say, how much not to say, yeah. and I don't claim to have gotten it all right. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I can tell you what I wrestled with though, and I just think we at least can we get to the wrestle. Mm-hmm. But I think that for me, it was more, it had more to do with, um, I think to your point, providing people who are newer, because I've been around so long, yeah. they're generations. You know, it was informing. I enjoyed it. I got the point. Yeah. You know, that don't, that are still asking me, hey, do you know Lecrae? Like, we've been on three tours together <laughs> and two songs, <laughs> two separate albums. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got each other on speed now. But it's like, um, you know, hey, do you know Lecrae? You know, it's like, you know, have you ever done a song with Lecrae? Or, you know, just the stuff that people, you know, is this your first album? And it's Vet. <laughs> no, this is my 10th. This is actually my 10th. Right. Here's some of the things that I've been able to do. Yeah. This, yeah. <laughs> but what I, my goal yeah. was to bring people up to speed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Before Chance the Rapper... Hopped on stage with Kirk. We did an 85 city tour. Mm. That's just to bring people up to speed. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I think the goal of the song was really to provide context. Yeah. But understanding how it would be interpreted, I did put a line in there that yeah. says, I'm not bragging. Yeah. And then I used the second half of it to really say, listen, I know where all of this comes from. Yeah. yeah. The faithfulness of God. God's been faithful to me. But I like that because that gives a roadmap. Of, yeah, sure. Hey, even if you feel like there's an inkling of yeah. people are going to take this the wrong way. Yeah. Let me go ahead and clarify. Yeah. So that it's understood. Yeah. Let's talk race. Let's talk race. Um, this is a great interview, too. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> They're tired of standing, but. <laughs> um, the Dallas shooting. Uh. I don't know if that was a Thursday or a Wednesday. I think it was a Thursday. I got a call from Andy Stanley. Uh. Me, him, and a guy named Joseph Sojourner one of my best friends. And uh, I'll be honest, Andy doesn't have a lot of black friends. You know what I'm saying? Just to be honest. Uh-huh. Not that he doesn't want them. He just, the world he lives in and grew up in, uh-huh. he's just not a lot of black people around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. Um, so he pulls us close uh-huh. and called us Which is really night. good. Well, it's so good. An honor. Yeah. And we're on the phone that night. He's like, so what should we do about it? It's just yeah. when that white cop gets shot. Yeah. And then the world went, which, can I pause for a second? This oh. has no shade on Andy at all. Because yeah. I enjoyed it. Because we've got North Point has done some different things to address it even before that. But I don't feel like we had a real turn in the church. Not on from the white perspective and black perspective. Because, oh. you know, people would categorize it as the black church, a subset of churches, 77,000. Oh. And you're the white church, similar if not more. Just oh. because they're majority, one or the other. Then you have the multicultural space, yeah. Asian, Hispanic. I don't really feel like... The white church said we need to address this until the white cop got shot. Uh, and I say that publicly. Like well, I say it all the time. And all yeah. my white friends, I got a lot of white pastor friends. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> they, they didn't like it, but yeah, you know, it was what it was. And so yeah. that was a sidebar. So that night we talked about it and it was like, all right, we need to, we need to say something. And so we got up on Sunday and we addressed it. We did a 45 minute panel, um, me, Andy and Joseph and, cool. um, it was called Skin in the Game. Hot. Love um, it. Yeah, man. I mean, we, and we wish we could have went further. You know, it was a touch point. And, um, but, I mean, we, I think we, you know, so 77,000 views in a day. It was uh, crazy. So uh, race is a hot topic. The church is trying to figure it out. Of course. 
But for some reason, <laughs> I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> I no, like I said it that up. way. I knew it was going to be. For it, it was said in a comical way. I, yeah. I just preached a sermon on race this past Sunday at a church in South Carolina. For some reason, <laughs> there's stuff that just keeps getting in the way. Yeah. Politics. Kaepernick. It's like, yeah. and as soon as we think we got it, we don't. Last story about this, because I'm yeah. setting it up, and then I'm just going to let you talk. Because I don't think I've heard your views on it. Yeah. Just for not for any other reason, just I haven't heard your views on it. Mm. But I think I would love uh, to hear from a theologian. Oh, please. Um, <laughs> your perspective on it. Um, I'm preaching this sermon in South Carolina this past Sunday, and there are white 22-year-olds. 19-year-olds coming up to me going, white girl, she said, I'm dating a mixed guy. And my dad, it's been four months, my dad four months ago pretty much disowned me. Huh. He said, you only had one rule growing up, don't date a black guy. Huh. This is now. Huh. South Carolina, small town. Yeah. I had another guy came up to me and said, man, I, my granddad, 22, was a senior leader of the KKK. Hmm. And my, whole, my mom moved us out of the family because she didn't want us to grow up with the same ill that he had. Hmm. But I've still struggled with race my whole life um, just because of my history, my, my family history, my parents, some of the parenting. He said, but also now even more so because of the political climate, I feel like I've had to take a side. Hmm. He said, I feel like the media is forcing me to take a side. He's a believer. He's like, I chose the white side. He said, but today, I realized that was wrong, and I got to go across the line, and I don't care what family. I white people are losing their families. Yeah. He said, half of my family has turned their back on me because I'm not a racist. White people are losing their families. Uh. What's your perspective on this, man? Sheesh. <laughs> well, that's a big one. I think in the church, historically, we have... And this D.A. Horton says this best. Shout out to D.A. Shout out to D.A. Um, ignore or idolize ethnicity. Mm. We either have ignored it or we've idolized it. That has, mm. been, one, that has been one of the fundamental challenges in our church, with, with the church. Um, and, and I'm not a church basher, basher. I actually don't like how much of an apologetic against the church we get in the mainstream market. So mm -hmm. I'm not here to do that. Mm -hmm. But I, but I, I, neither do I have my head in the sand. So, I, <laughs> <laughs> so we do know what it is. Um, you know, interestingly enough, um, I was just having this conversation recently. Our first PhD out of Dallas Theological Seminary is Dr. Tony Evans. Mm. That is because, um, African-Americans were not allowed into Dallas Theological Seminary until the 50s, mm. you see? We're, so when you say that's happening now, it's because everything is still very fresh. Mm. <laughs> you know, the undercurrent is still there. Very, it's very much still there, you know? Um, so one of the things that I, I keep talking about is I, I think, uh, I think we have to take the conversation a little farther, not deeper, but farther. So uh, I think that we keep talking about racism, but if you take race out of it, you still would have a world that is uh, just as broken. 
Hmm. And the reason I say that is because race has never been the issue, racism. Prejudice is really the issue. Hmm. Which is why if you take racism out of it, you're still stuck with the rest of the isms. <laughs> right. <laughs> you just take racism out, okay, you still got classism. Take classism out, you still got generationalism. Hmm. <laughs> take generationalism out, you still got colorism. Hmm. The problem is not racism, it's isms. <laughs> and isms are rooted in prejudice, hmm. which are rooted ultimately in pride. Hmm. I think we have to take the conversation farther to really think about the root of our problem. Mm. You see what I mean? Mm. And I think that obviously, you know, there's a solution in Christianity that you, know, you can't find anywhere else. I think Christians have to offer it though because uh, what you guys are doing, Skin in the Game, is so healthy because everything has to, this, converse, this conversation has been hijacked by the world. Black Lives Matter, is a Christian idea hmm. hijacked by three women who were lesbians. Hmm. That's a Christian idea, though. Like the you know equity and you know racial equity and equality and you know we, all throughout the scriptures we see this. <laughs> like this mm -hmm. is not new in Christ. No Jew, no. It's, it's interesting, you know. Christians get in these conversations and talk about them in the same way that everybody else does, mm. by and large, especially when we get on mainstream platforms. I think we have something, though, that they need. See, where we can be conciliatory with, let's just say, a Black Lives Matter, we should be. If, where we agree, we should. But there are bookends that are missing from the conversation. Mm. The beginning, which is where are we starting with this? Like equality on the basis of <laughs> like why should we for what reason should we be should we feel that this person is equal to me like that I should dignify them in the same way that I would another white person or Asian person or whatever I was sitting in a in an Asian restaurant and I and this is to my own shame and there was a you know there were two Asians sitting next to me and they were speaking in their language for about an hour straight and it drove me crazy hmm. I'm just being really honest it really drove me crazy. That was the moment I said to myself, this is not about racism. Hmm. Like, I have a pro. like, I feel upset with you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't understand. Because <laughs> it's just, you're driving me crazy. Mm -hmm. it, it, you see what I mean? I don't have anything against Asians. <laughs> right, right. It's a deeper root that we're dealing with. So Christians have to start in a very different place, the place that Muslims and no, really nobody else starts in, right? Mm. Which is, because Muslims will teach you, when you were born in this world, you were born Muslim. That's what Muslims believe, fundamentally. You were born Muslim, and you're Muslim until the age of accountability, so essentially you're beyond pure. See, the Christian message says, actually when you were born, you were born incorrectly, which is why Jesus says you must be born again. Ooh. Wow. You see, the issue of being born into sin and then shaped into iniquity, we have to, if we can't start there in our conversation, that fundamentally something is broken in us, the problem is not out there, it's actually right here, we can't go any farther. Hmm. If we can't start with Imago Day, 
We're all made in the image of God. There's no other reason for which I should count you as equal. There's no objective, transcendent, you follow me, <laughs> you know, measurable way for me to, to, to make that determination. You follow me? And if we can't end with Revelation 7, which John says he looked up to the heavens and saw every tribe, every tongue, mm. every culture, every ethnic group. <laughs> you see, the bookends are missing from the conversation. This is why we keep going. This is why we're on a hamster wheel. <laughs> this is why we're on the hamster wheel. Because we can't, we can't, we can't agree on where the problem started. We'll say it's economic. We'll say it's education. We'll say it's, you follow what I'm saying? <laughs> if we can't agree with God on where this all started, on why I should dignify you as equal, on where this problem started and where this will end, there's no way for us to go. Hmm. That's why for as long as we've been having these conversations, we just keep going in John Thurman Reynolds' song. Cycles. <laughs> Cycles. <laughs> just round and round we go. Just wow. a new version wow. of the same stuff. It just finds a way to reiterate itself. You know when all of this started, actually? Tell us. Babel. Hmm. The Bible says prior to Babel, one language. <laughs> yeah. One language, one mind. <laughs> and the Bible says that God destroyed, confused the languages. Mm -hmm. And then obviously that's where all, that's where continents started. For Asia and Africa and Europe, that's where all of that started. We were one people in one place mm. at the same time, speaking the same language. God said so much so, I can't, if I let them go on the way that they are, they'll be unstoppable. Mm. Unified to the utmost degree. Mm. Babel. So at any rate, there's a lot to, I'm only dealing with, you know, I'm, I'm painting with broad strokes, but I think these, these are the missing components in the discussion. As we get ready to close, I got one more thing I got to ask you about. Sure. Um, I think people are going to get a lot out of this interview. Yeah. <laughs> you are truly a vet. <laughs> thank you, brother. Um, yeah, thank man. Um, thank you. So, traditionally, I grew up in the black church. Yeah. But I jump around. I do multicultural. Yeah. And because I came from where I came from, I got to go back. You know, I got to have a some taste to get I along. Got to, I, gotta, I, gotta, I always say I listen to Andy in the morning and Jake's at night. Exactly. Just, oh, just, that's me. Right. Oh, that's me all day. Oh, that's all day. Yeah. I got to hear everything. Oh, yeah. I right? need Piper and Jake's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, throw Robbie in the middle. Right. That's the multicultural. Oh, my gosh. He's yeah. every, oh, 100%. When I can get him, I'm a Robbie. Robbie, yeah, please, exactly. please, please, please. Um, and so... Uh, so I've been able to be exposed to a yeah. lot of different yeah. uh, theologies and understandings. And, um, and there's one concept that's always been transformative for me uh -huh. that I want you to talk through. Because I really feel like it has, um, I, don't, I don't even want to say paralyzed the church as much as I, have, as much as I want to say has paralyzed the believer. Uh -huh. That I want to get your perspective on. And Andy calls it temple thinking. I could never get a term for it. I always thought it. And then he said, I was like, that's exactly what. Um, and I just use Andy because I'm there the most. But Yeah. <laughs> I want to meet him too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Hey, let's, let's figure it out. <laughs> I'm a man fan. Hey, come on. Let's figure it out. Um, temple thinking. Mm. Uh, Old Testament theology mixed with New Testament theology. Mm. 
temple thinking. Mm. So I'm grabbing stuff out of the old and mixing it with the new covenant mm. and creating a belief system around it and teaching out of that place. Mm. So it's the whole, you know, you sow a seed, you get a million back. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's the, uh, where some people would say the prosperity gospel came from. It's so many other things. It's just this idea of, you know, the covenants that he made with Israel and all these other things. We are now taking on us and there's this different stuff and it's like, wait, now we're, and we're just mixing it and it creates legalism and all types of stuff. What's your perspective? On? You're mixing it creates legalism? You're saying Andy does mix it. No, no, no. He I'm doesn't mix it. Because we have mixed it as, oh, as a, People. As a body. Body, yes. And we've talked from that place. Oh, ooh, I love it. Okay, so right? <laughs> I get it. It's called temple thinking. It's, wait, I'm forgiven for my sins, but if I do this, God don't love me anymore. I mean, I it's see. this. I see. Okay, so um, I am a, so I have a song called The Color Purple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where I say, why, why does it have to be red and blue? Why can't it be the color purple? Which mm. is the color you get once you mix those two colors together. Mm. I do think that there is a, a sense in which um, the obviously the old covenant is not obsolete. Mm -hmm. What we apply from the old covenant is important. What is transferable is important. Um, to understand what those things are, I think, is a matter of teaching. That's, that's a conversation piece that we have to continue to have. Um, but... Uh, so with that, there are certain things that are covenantally transferable, other things that are not. Mm -hmm. So I do believe that. I do, though, um, especially with regards to the heart of God. See, I think that what you get from the old covenant is God's heart mm -hmm. because it, it, there's, a there's a dynamic in the relationship between Israel and God that tells us something about how he relates to his people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's a beauty there. You follow me? Um, I think there's a lot of principles in the temple, right? Let's just say, um, and this is a conversation that Kirk and I even had the other day. Mm. Um, we're having another deep discussion. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just referencing the temple to say, we have to be careful to not mix common and uncommon things. Mm. Right? So I will reference a lot of old covenant pictures and parallels to me that in principle are still applicable if I'm talking about what it means to be equally or unequally yoked, unequally yoked, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm talking to artists about partnerships with other artists that, that not just that they're non-Christian, but they're anti-Christian, mm -hmm. that's problematic to me. And I can't help but use the Old Testament because we get so many pictures of don't even weave these two fabrics together. You know, don't make treaties or covenant with the other nations or you follow me, common and uncommon things should not occupy the same space. Mm -hmm. Just we have all of those pictures. Now, Paul rounds up and says, don't be unlegally yoked with unbelievers, which means just to be have an alliance with. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm saying that I'm drawing, though, from a lot of you know, Old Testament stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I like the way, I forgot who it was. He, he doesn't refer to it as the Old Covenant. He refers to it as the First Covenant. Mm -hmm. I like that thinking, though, because the, the Old Covenant does give you that sense of antiquated and not to be, you know, esteemed as valuable, credible today. But I do think, and I've been wrestling this through this as well. Here's what, I, literally just this morning, I was thinking through this. This issue of grace, let's say the temple, the sacrifice has been made once and for all. Mm -hmm. Done. Hebrews gives us that. You follow me? 
So we wouldn't go back there. We don't need to go back. God doesn't hate me now. God loves me. Uncondit the depth, the width, the height, the breadth. Who can know and understand what manner of love is this? That God, right? We get that the love of God is without condition. You follow me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's important. Here's where I wrestle. <laughs> this is not about the love of God, though. Right. In other words, we get a picture with the prodigal son that the relationship stays intact, even if the fellowship is broken. Mm. The love of the father is sustained for the son. Even boy, <laughs> <laughs> you find the mercy of God is crazy throughout the Old Testament. I think it's the emphasis we put on the wrath of God, Sodom and Gomorrah. That's after. Like, that's on the heels of like 400 years of come back to me. (laughs) It was 120 years. The Bible says my spirit will not strive with you always. 120 years before the flood. He gave them 120 years. Mm. (laughs) You see what I mean? That's not this angry, like sadistic, just, you know, throwing his weight around God. That's a merciful God Mm. who still preserved you follow me? Mm. His covenant through the family. <laughs> so I'm saying, I'm, this, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that I think we should put it all together. Just It's just important that we understand what can be transferred and what, what can, yeah. shouldn't be, right? Some of the promises maybe to Israel maybe cannot be applied to us because they were for Israel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of that's kind of basic, like, <laughs> but I understand, you would think, you would th- I understand, you would think. but I understand I'm, I'm, de- I'm coming from a framework of yeah. six years of Bible college and a whole lot of being surrounded by communities that all yeah. think this way. So I do understand. I don't want to minimize people's, yeah. how people yeah. process that. Yeah. Putting together just this concept of Understanding that when I fell, I had no doubt in my mind that God was still with me Mm. intimately. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Mm -hmm. I sensed God's presence in my failure. Mm. Even in my season of wandering, I sensed the, I would venture to say more prominent than before. And it was, he did it on purpose though. Right. It's like, I'm going to run to you. He did that on purpose. But I still have to, with all of that, I still have to, had to deal with the consequence. I still had to reap what I had sown. 100%. 100%. You have I still, you can take the nails out, but you can't remove the holes. Take the nails out of the world, but you can't remove the holes. That dynamic is still there. It's not that I'm not forgiven. It's not that I don't understand the love of Christ. Not that I don't understand He's when he when he when I came, when he saw me from a distance, he lifted up his robe and ran towards me and then donned me with a robe and a ring, celebrated me. You follow me? It's not that none of that's true. That does not take away the fact that, and after all of that partying, I had some consequence. I had to <laughs> There was still a hole from 9-11. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that, to me, is that this, uh, that's the other side of the reality. Yeah. That you still reap what you, so. the harvest law is still very much, it's a system. So you can't avoid it. The harvest law is actually not something that God has to do. It's just a system that he has running. Yeah. It's in place. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you reap what you sow. That's not God causing you to reap right. what you're sowing. You're sowing, and because God already has a fixed law, 
in place that says, once you do this, this there's a law of cause and effect. Mm. That's just in place, right? So anyway, with regards to thinking this way, I think there's a way to put it all together without being legalistic. Yes. And understand the full character. Paul says, I refuse to suppress or keep from you the whole counsel of God. Mm. That's what he said. That's so. Bet. Bet, bro. <laughs> grace. <laughs> Bet. Grace. Only reason I'm here is grace, bro. I know that. I'm clear on that, bro. I am. We are so excited that you're here, man. Mm -hmm. Thanks, bro. And that we got another one from you. Yeah. We want more from you. I feel like you're just getting started. I feel like it too, bro. Right? <laughs> it's we not like a warm-up. It's coming. God. It's coming. I'm working on it right now. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in to A Greater Story with me, Sam Collier, and the man, the vet, the truth. Go get his brand new album. Yes, sir. Vet. Yes. Everywhere that music is. And remember this, when your story connects to God's story, it leads to a greater story. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you again. Oh, man. <laughs> Rich. 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 When I press record Rapping over nice instrumentals Used to get them from the record store Back when cassette tapes pop Boy Biggie Pop and Escobar About the time when that J dropped Had a holy bible in my dresser drawer Hold up now wait a minute Back then it was no record deals iTunes, no rec carpets, no billboard No mass appeal Church thought that we was too carnal World thought that we was too corny Beatboxing on the lunch table Boy tell her welcome to the new 40 for a long time, long time In over 30 tours on the fact sheet Indonesia, Australia, Africa, Athens, Greece, four Stellas, Grammy Nines. My career was moving at a fast pace. Four chance to rap, I did how great. Did a tour with Kirk, 85 dates. First album dropped in 04. Now I'm trying to grow the genre up. I was paired with the pioneers and I seen them building from the bottom up. Truth bragging, truth boasting, never that. Rules broken. I'm just trying to introduce myself to the I've new culture. Move over, boy.
up a few notches All the stuff that I accomplished Boy, you know I don't mean a thing if I don't introduce who my God is I just know who my God is Only reason I got this Bank account don't define me If it's hurting my pockets, boy It's okay if I take an L At least I got a clear conscience Walk away like Dave Chappelle Principal over profit Compromise not an option Southbound on my compass No credit for my talents Bow down to his highness, boy been listening to a greater story with your host sam collier don't forget to subscribe on itunes google play soundcloud stitcher or any other podcast directory if you like what you hear leave a five-star review a greater story with your host sam collier distributed by american urban radio networks when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply